Yeah. Hey, you guys are looking fantastic this morning. Had a good week? Man, God is awesome, isn't he? Great to be in the house today with you all, and I really feel God's presence is here to unlock somebody today. All right, are you ready to be unlocked? God's going to unlock your spirit today. I really believe it. And uh, I feel that I've come with something for you today that would seriously set you free. And uh, people have been locked down. And so, come on, let's pray and give God all the glory right here. Father, we ask right now that you walk up and down every aisle in this place. We ask that you walk between every row, that right now your presence would be overwhelming in this place, God, that you would shift us and move us. God, we want to grab a hold of your power in our lives and your victory in our lives. So right now we declare over this house today that the mighty power of a living God would be evident in this place to such a degree, Lord God, that miracles happen, that faith is lifted, and Lord God, that hope is restored in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, we give you all the glory, we give you all the praise, and we thank you now that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. But, uh, but I really believe, and even online, we want to welcome you online today. You guys are looking fantastic online from wherever you are. And uh, I really believe even for you today, I believe God sent me today to tell someone that you're going to be unshackled in Jesus' name. They're going to come into freedom today. The joy of the Lord will be your strength. And they're going to ride out of this storm on the, on the mountain up on victory and living your finest hour in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you as you take a seat today. And uh, let's come to the Word of God, okay? Um, so it's a privilege to be in the house today. Um, I love this quote. I was just reading it this morning, actually, by Elizabeth Browning. Earth is creamed with heaven, and every common bush afire with God, but only he who sees takes off his shoes. The rest of us just sit around and pluck blackberries. I think it's a great statement, and I think never underestimate the glory of God that's in this house today. Never underestimate the presence of God that's right now in your life and available to you wherever you are at, because I think sometimes we overlook it. I'm convinced we overlook it. I'm convinced we just walk on past it. And uh, I think let's grab a hold of what God's doing. It's great to be in our month where we've got the all-in, all-in heart. Nothing like an all-in heart, all right? And uh, I think I'd love to preach about that this morning, just catching the heart of an all-in spirit. Catching the heart of an all-in spirit. Guys, it takes a little bit of doing to catch a heart of an all-in spirit because you've got to yield yourself. You've got to lay your own self down and say, God, I want to be a part of that. Very quiet. You're very quiet. Um, incredibly quiet. Dr. Mark, I'll give you this. Dr. Mark Buckley said these words. I'm just reading a book of his. He said, the congregation must preach half of the message. He's talking about a vibrant church, okay? For a church to be vibrant, the congregation must preach half of the message. But most of the time, we remain silent. And I'm challenged by this. There's so much more to this. There's so much more to what God wants to do in our lives. There's just so much more to what's in your life today. In fact, I can see it even as I'm looking around today, just so much incredible potential in this house. Come on, at least smile. Even if you've got only three teeth, smile, I tell you. It's like there's nothing like a smile to unlock you sometimes. 
and just to release you into what God wants to do in your life. And I think a lot of it comes down to a change in perception. I think if we can change our perception, it's amazing what we can unlock in the spirit realm. And I think never underestimate where God's got you right now. If you're not excited about where you are right now, you probably won't have anything to be excited about in 20 years. But if you can get excited about where you are right now, then you'll be amazed at what God unlocks in your future. I tell you, preaching the truth now, hope it's stirring you. Julia and I have just been to Whangarei this week and uh, spoke at a conference there. Um, and it was, a, it was a very, I've got to admit, it was a very cool conference. Uh, lots of people got saved. And uh, that's always a good conference. And I'll just take my keys out of my pocket because Julia always gets mad if I've got things bobbling out of my pocket when I'm up here. Sorry, guys. <laughs> just checking. And uh, so, uh, but we, we preached in this uh, incredible conference, actually, an amazing conference for the, um, the faith churches of New Zealand. And uh, I thought what a privilege it was to bring the word of God for us as a church to bring the word of God into that conference because that's really what it is because we go together. When we go, you go. We're, whatever we do, we do together. When I'm in Vietnam, you're in Vietnam. Whatever we do in these countries, whatever we do, wherever we go, it's an extension of our church. In other words, we're not just locked in four-wall Christianity. We want to live bigger than that, what others do what people in this house do. When you go take God's word out onto the streets, into your school, wherever it is, you're a part of us and it's part of being all in. Man, you guys are quiet. You got to... Hey, listen, faith and fear cannot occupy the same space. So you're either locked down by fear of your own self and your own circumstances and your own voice even, or you are filled with the faith of God that can unlock possibilities and miracles and hope in people's lives because it's never about us. One thing I've found about the Christian walk, it's never about me. It's never. If you think it's all about you this morning, you've probably already missed it. Seriously, you can come to church and sit there and think it's all about you. And uh, I think often, sadly to say, that's the heart we sometimes come with. We're looking to... to critique. Sometimes we're here to critique. It's a terrible thing, I know, but sometimes we're here to critique. Sometimes people will critique the worship, I've heard of it, and uh, I generally just come to get fired up in my road. Generally, I just come to see, God, what do you want to do in this row this morning? What do you want to do in this place this morning? God, what do you want to do for somebody beyond me? And, and I tell you, it was exciting being in this church in Whangarei, uh, Julia and I arrived there, and this girl comes up. She happens to be the pastor's wife, and she comes up and she says, so good to see you. After all of these years, I got born again in your house in 18 Ross Street when you guys apparently became Christians and were so fired up, half the street was getting revived. And uh, she told how her mother and her whole family had come to Christ. And tell you, this is why we cannot live to ourselves. This is why we've got to live bigger. And you see down the line, and that's how many years ago, baby? 40 years ago. The influence you had 40 years ago still living on because you refused to live for yourself. And there's an echo that comes off every one of our lives. And I wonder sometimes what impact it's having. Because Jesus wants us to be on fire 
with the Holy Spirit. That's what we talk. Last time I preached here, I talked about baptism in the Holy Spirit and fire. Do you remember that? And fire. So when the fire of God gets a hold of you, man, nothing can stop it. In fact, some of us need more fire. Some of us, we leak. And unfortunately, you catch fire, and there's a million, I tell you right now, there's a million, uh, like, fire, 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 fire hydrants out there, fire people out there who have got the hose on you when they see you on fire. Some of them are called psychic vampires, and they suck the very moisture out of your spirit. The fire that you've got on the inside, they sort of suck it out. So I think it was Finney, um, Finney who said, you've got to find yourself on the altar at least every three weeks to keep the fire burning. <laughs> I tell you, you've got to keep the fire burning because it gets put out. There's people out there who can't. I remember when I first got born again, when, about when this girl we're talking about, uh, Naomi, got born again and her mother got born again and her whole household got born again. And she was telling us how exciting that was just coming over to her house. I mean, the church is not just here on a Sunday. Church is what we live every day of our lives. We have church every day because we are the church. Never get tangled up with the mindset that church is just something you do on a Sunday morning for, for an hour or so. Church is what we live and what we are and how we, how we portray or reflect God's glory. That's why some of you got to get the armor of God on. Some of you haven't got the armor of God on. When you ever hear about it, they went up the mountain. After every battle, they went up the mountain and they shouted out the Lord's good and the, and the sun reflected off the armor that they were wearing and it was reflecting the glory of God because he wins every battle for you. That's the reason if you're here this morning and you've never heard a message about putting on the armor of God, man alive, we failed you. Like get the armor of God on so that no matter what the enemy throws against you, it cannot penetrate your spirit because you're reflecting. See, one of the great things about the armor of God, you reflect the glory of God wherever you go. And so it'll impact people, it'll affect people. And the armor of God, the helmet of salvation, protecting your mind, the shield of faith, warding off all the fiery darts of the wicked one, because there are fiery darts. If you aren't facing any of those, man, are you alive? <laughs> Have you checked your pulse maybe? Like there are fiery darts out there and, and you need the shield of faith. You need to be active with it. You can't just stand there like a statue with it. You've got to get a bit active with it and stop those fiery darts of the enemy from getting you. Otherwise, they will get you. Hey, come on. We live in dangerous days, guys. I don't know about you, but when you look around the world right now, we live in uncertain times. If ever, if ever there was a time you wanted to call end times, this is it right now. It's crazy out there. Crazy, the decisions that are being made, the stuff that's happening on our planet right now. Politicians and the, and the decisions they're making just seem to be, un, they, they don't even seem to come to common sense or reason. And if ever there's a day you need to have the shield of faith on to protect your heart. So you've got to lift it up. You've got to dress yourself. I dress myself every morning. God, I put on the armor of God today. I go out into this day fully equipped to be a mighty soldier in the army of the Lord today. We've just got to do it. We've just got to put something. Then it's, then it's the uh, breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness of protecting all your vital organs 
from what the enemy would, because otherwise you'll end up with a wounded heart, a wounded spirit. And once you've got a wounded spirit, I tell you, it's not long before you count it out because there's nothing you can do with your life because your enthusiasm's gone, your passion's gone, your ability to love and embrace people's gone. And God wants you to protect your vital organs, protect your heart, okay? The heart above all things, the Bible says, protect your heart above every other thing. There'll be words thrown at you. There'll be things anyway. Um, where was I at? This girl. <laughs> We're just on the armor of God. Better finish it. Belt of truth. The belt of truth. Man, put on the belt of truth. Man, buckle yourself up. Get the truth on you. And, and the reality is too, you'll only find the truth in this book, in the Word of God. This is the only place you'll find truth today. You won't find it on Google, I promise you. I don't care how uh, uh, creditable the channel is, I reckon it's very difficult to find truth in anything online today. Go to the Word and get it from the Father above. Go to the Word. If you're going to Google and trying to download stuff off Google, it's going to help you. You're, I tell you what, it's so easy to be deceived. The, the, the disciples, they asked Jesus, actually, they said, uh, he was talking about, this temp the, the temple will be uh, um, destroyed in three days. And uh, then the disciples said this to him. They said, what will be the sign of the end times? And what will be the sign of your coming? And Jesus said this, this is what he said, do not be deceived. That was his first word, don't be deceived. In other words, in that day, there'd be a lot of deception around in people's minds and their spirit getting dragged off track. So we're in church today to gather around the truth of God's word and reignite ourselves on fire with a passion for the things of the spirit and get the armor of God. That's why I say put the armor of God on because it'll protect you. And we need protecting, guys. Believe you, if I need protecting, you all need protecting. If ever there's a day you need your pastor, this is it. Truly, if ever there's a day in history where you need your pastor, this is it. Or pastors, I should say. If ever you need us, it's now. You have a, a, an accountant to look after your finances. You have a lawyer to look after your legal matters. You have a doctor to look after your physical body. And you need a pastor to look after your spiritual destiny. And if we've missed that, we're missing life. This is what the good shepherd's all about. This is what the Bible's all about. The Bible's all about protecting your spirit. Hey, guys, let's get an eternal perspective about this here today. It's not just about now and ho-hum and let's party and dance and have a great time while we're here for our 80 or 120 years that I'm living. That's not going to be enough. But you need to have a destiny stamped on you called eternity, and it's going to be heaven or hell, and it's going to be dependent on the way you live. Mrs. Vitali, awesome to have you in the house. Kakasi, Dobra. Uh, it's so, and, and you've got to get fired up about where your eternity will be destined to by the right now. Because it's today you make a decision. Like Julia and I made a decision 40 years ago that we would live on fire for God. Then people got saved. In fact, pretty much our whole street got saved because we were on fire. You're incredibly quiet, but you've got to get on to because, and even then, people used to say to me, oh, Don, it's all right. It's all right. You'll calm down. You'll get comatose like the rest of us. 
and sit in church and live your life like, oh, there's no tomorrow and we're depressed and just let's live to the circumstances. But I refused to let it happen. And, I'd, and when I felt that happening, I'd go to the altar again and say, I need more fire. I need more fire. And there were lots of people around me, thank God, who were, who were passionate enough to say, we're going to get you some more fire. And they'd pray for me, and the power of the Holy Spirit had penetrate every vital organ in my life. Again, I'd go out there ablaze for the glory of God. And that's how this girl got saved. And that's how many in our street, and now she's leading and pastoring a church at which, I don't know, I lost count this week, but I would say something in the realm of 30 or 40 people surrendered their lives to Christ for the first time. And absolutely amazing is the grace and the love of our God. Never underestimate what He did for you, because we forget. You know, marriages, oh, it was just amazing. One guy came in one night, some guy who's out in the gangs or whatever, and he came in and he, 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 he oh man, it was a tough call too. I gave an altar call and uh, I said, there's one more person here and you have got to make this your day. And, uh, and I said, it's very easy to sit through a meeting like this and just walk out. Same here, really. You can sit through a meeting where the presence of God, where the word of God is being preached. And then you just walk out. But this guy, and I said at the end, and honestly, almost had to apologize for the altar call because it was a bit longer than I normally like to go. And uh, anyway, this guy finally comes, a big, great, big, strapping, handsome, tough-looking Maori guy. And he comes down the aisle, and he's bawling his eyes out. Why? Because the power of a living God is bigger than anything on the inside of you. It's bigger than your toughness, bigger than anything you've got together. It's the power of a living God that'll change the heart. And he surrenders his life to Christ, and he wept, and he wept. And, and, and after the meeting, he came to me, and he gave me the biggest hug, just about squeezed me to death, to be honest with you, and gave me the biggest hug. And he said, thank you so much. I really feel today is the best day of my life. And here's the miracle. Here's the miracle. The next night, he was at that meeting, and he had gone and got his wife, who he was parted from, and he had her with him, and the family were back together. We serve a God who puts things back together. Wherever you're at this morning, we've got a God who can put things back together. If it's broken, he'll fix it. If it's lost, he'll find it with the, broken, with the lost coin. If it doesn't exist, he'll speak it into being. We've got a God who wins all the way, friends. And I want to tell you, just read your Bible. It'll get you fired up about what God wants to do in your world. Sometimes that's what we've got to do, get back to the Word of God. Back to the Word of God. Talking of which, I should keep going there because uh, it's sometimes it's easy to get away from it. In fact, let's put a ver- I put a verse up here for you this morning, and I'd like to go there. Because there's much more to this. We, we should be saying, like we used to be saying, let's open the book. Let's go to the book of all books and see what that is. Can you put that first verse I gave you up there? Because this is good stuff. Listen. Not that I have already attained all, all this, obtained, sorry, or already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of for me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, I press on, is what it says? No. And straining toward what is ahead, I press on the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. We're called of God today, guys. We're called to make a difference in our world. 
And I really believe today, let the word of God sink into your heart today and let it unlock you. Now, I should really uh, give you a couple of great points today. Um, and I love doing that. I've got, I should say this, actually. I've got a few things to share with you. Because I've realized over the last week that when I talk about I've got five, I've never got to the end of my points yet. <laughs> and it became a revelation to me, Don, you just never get to your end of your points. So why don't you just say, and this is what I'm going to go for now, I've got a few things to share with you. My first point being, and then when you start to yawn and look bored, finally. So then we can easily do it without upsetting anybody waiting for the extra five points, okay? So I think uh, (laughs) it's interesting. My first thought to you today, it would be, and I want you to get this, because stay in the word and stay in faith. Stay in the word and stay in faith. If you want to have the victory in your life, stay in the word and stay in faith. If you're not in the word, I'll tell you what, things start to fall apart about you real quick. Get into the word. And some of you need to get back into the word. Some of us are not in the word. And I'll tell you what, the word of God is your protector in this hour. That's why we have the word of God. That's why we have a real one like this. Sometimes you're too reliant on your phone or your iPad or stuff. I, I, I would challenge you to sit down and read this thing. I challenge you to get it and read it. Like I was reading it this morning. Here are what it says. Isaiah 43. And I love this. Uh, Where was I reading that? Over the page, actually. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Even now it will spring forth. Do you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. That's a pretty good word out of God's word for us. No matter where you are, he's saying, I've got a new thing for you. It's fresh, and you can grab a hold of it and run with it. Anybody ready to run with it this morning? Honestly, God's, one of the greatest proofs that this is the Word of God, because I think sometimes we sort of phase over. There's a lot of criticism about the Word of God even today. In case you hadn't noticed... I seem to hear it. There's a lot of criticism about this. But one of the greatest proofs of this book that it's God's divine word, and I want to declare that to you, this is God's divine word, and one of the greatest proofs of that, it has survived the preaching of the centuries. Because God's been misrepresented so many times and we need to re-represent the power of a living God who can set you free, break the chains off your life, give you peace in your heart, joy in your spirit and give you an overcoming mind. And that's what we need to. And we need to get back to the Word in a way that we've never got. We, oh boy, I think sometimes we got carried away with our vision. But let's preach the Word of God that unlocks people and sets them free in Jesus' name. Are you ready for it? Because I really believe it's here for you today. Romans 10 and verse 17 says this, says this, sorry. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard only through the word of God. So if you're trying to read whatever it is, some magazine, or watching Home and Away, trying to get faith in your life, it ain't coming. The Word of God will unlock faith in your life. And if you don't stay in the Word, you can't stay in faith because they're inseparable. They're inseparable. The Word and faith all go together. Hey, listen, I know we all want to have a great, you know, you know, just give me more fun, give me more enthusiasm, give me more excitement. But we need the Word of God, man, because we want to go the distance in Jesus' name. 
I want to go the distance. Don't know about you. 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and righteousness, that a man of God may be perfected, thoroughly finished unto all good works. Man, get the Word of God in your life, I tell you. Get it unlocked in your life. Paul's speaking to Timothy here because Timothy was in some hard times. And Paul's saying, hey, come on, man, pick it up, pick it up. The, the, the biggest, I think the biggest threat to our lives these days is spiritual deception. And I think I meet so many people who are falling away, who are like quitting on God, who are like whatever they're doing, they've just become blinded and deceived. And so I want to declare to you today that Jesus' word is the ultimate key to unlock the joy of the Holy Spirit in your life today. The Word of God. I hope you're getting that because that's how it is, all right? Matthew 24, verse 3. When, oh, that's what I was talking about before. When will the temple be torn down and what will be the sign of your coming? And Jesus said, be careful that you do not be deceived. Oh, wow. That's a challenge to us. 1 Timothy 4. Now the Spirit expressly says, in the latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. Wow, that's powerful stuff, guys. This is, why, this is why we have the Word of God. This is why we're on fire for God. And this is why we declare that Jesus is the answer for your life. There is no other answers out there. He's the answer. And so let me challenge you today. Let's get into the Word of God like never before. I mean, my second thought for you today before time's up is stay in church, for goodness sake. Stay in church. We've lived our lives in church. And what is church? Sometimes we think it's just coming along here on a Sunday. No, it's every day of the week. It's hanging with incredible people. It's hanging with people like Ruth and Dave here. It's, it's hanging with amazing people. Sorry, sorry. Uh, Rose and Dave. Rose and Dave. It's hanging out with people who have got faith on the inside of them and stirring it up because we stir each other up. Mostly we stir. We get in here on a, on a Monday and a Tuesday and even in the office, I mean, Praise God, we do have an unbelievable work environment where everybody's fired up in here and we get together with them. It's amazing the dreams you dream and the concepts you come up with and how God stirs your spirit up to be on fire again. But you can do that anywhere in life. And I really, I know Wednesday night apparently was an awesome night here where you stirred and encouraged. They had to kick people out at the end of the night because the church came together. Yeehaw! When the church, look, you just can't argue with the facts, friend. Read the Bible. Every time Jesus went past the church, he went in. It would appear. I mean, he was always in the synagogue. In the synagogue, reading the word, he was always going into church. On the Sabbath, where would you find Jesus? In the synagogue. Jesus went to church. And there's two things I notice about Jesus being in church. Two, two reasons I think he went, because you try to think, why did he go to church? I think he went to exercise the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and to meet new friends. That's the two things. Whenever Jesus was in church, that's sort of what happened. The Word of God, and then he was exercising the gifts that they spoke about, and then he was, you know, I've been anointed for this time, for such a time as this, and then he'd make new friends. So consequently, Jesus walks into friend, he walks into church. Who's that guy over there with the withered arm? And, they say, and he says, yeah, well, bring him up here. I want to meet him. And, he say, and the only way he can meet him, he wants to shake his hand, so he has to stretch out his withered hand. Instantly, it gets healed. That's how Jesus operates in church. 
So we need to have that kind of faith that stirs us up and stir each other along when we're in church to be people of faith that are causing miracles to happen in Jesus' name. I want to believe for a few miracles here today, in fact, in Jesus' name. And uh, hey, I don't think Jesus was there just because let's check out the worship. Let's critique the worship today, see if it was good enough. No, he was there because he was worshiping his father, the father God. And, and when you really think about it, what are we all about? People talk to me about their calling, about this, about that in their lives. But really, we're just called to get closer to God, just to get closer. What, what did Paul say? That I might know him. The greatest thing that could have intimacy with the Father is the greatest peace-giving, energy-producing characteristic of your life. That I may know him. When God's at the center of your heart, when you clear out some of that other stuff, I want to tell you, you just get joyful about everything in life. And things seem to go better for you. Your work goes better. Your finances go better. People get alongside you, encourage you to be better. You're looking preaching to myself. I remember when Julia and I got born again. And you might not necessarily like it. You might not even like today's message. To be honest with you, I don't care. And uh, because it's the word of God. But I remember when Julia and I got born again and this guy grabs a hold of me on the first week I'm born again. He says, listen, I'm going to be your coach. I didn't like the look of him. I didn't like the way he said it. And, uh, but he was it. And uh, this was in a day when we didn't have too many of those. But here's what he said to me. I can see a call of God on your life. I'm looking around the room here right now. I see calls of God everywhere. I see the call of God, call of God, call of God, call of God, call of God. But the reality is, who's challenging your life to live at that next level? Who's challenging to get into the Bible every week and seek out and find him because you've got to seek after God? Read about it. Start from Genesis and read about it. I think it's in Exodus chapter 19. He talks about how he, he delivered Israel from Egypt and carried them out in the desert on wings like eagles so that they would be connected with him. God's whole purpose to get them out of Egypt was to connect them with him and then he started declaring that they would prosper, that they'd live in health, that they'd have incredible favor on their lives, and they missed it. A whole generation missed it. Let's not be a generation that missed the destiny of God on our lives right now. Let's not be a generation that fails for the next generation and the kids that are right now in kids' church. Let's not be a generation that just let it ride by. I want to be challenged enough to stir some people up to start living in the victory of what the Bible says about your life and how you can live in the incredible power of His love. Oh, I know, it might not sound comfortable, but it isn't comfortable. When I had a coach, it was uncomfortable. He, took, he said, Don, here's what's going to happen. I said, how does it work? He said, here's how it works. You're taking me to breakfast next week. <laughs> and I said, well, I've never been around that before. And he said, yes, you are, and you're going to pay. <laughs> now, that's gutsy, but we need a bit of gutsy. <laughs> Jeepers. Our society today is so flipping mellow. It's so 
everything just cruises along. If you're not careful, you get caught up in that. And next thing, you've just got no values left. You've got nothing you're standing for any longer. Unlike Daniel, you know, Daniel stood for the truth. He said, I'm standing up. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said, we refuse to bow down to what society puts on us. That's what this guy said to me. Don, don't bow down to it. I'm going to get you and I'm going to stir you up to be a man of God. And he took me out. We had the first breakfast. I had my shades on because I didn't like him, didn't want to see him, didn't want him to see how angry I was behind those shades. And, and he said, first thing we're going to do here, get the shades off. Still remember it today. Get the shades off. I want to look into your eyes, into the soul, and I want to see what's going on in your soul. And then he said, there it is. I can see it now. And then he said, there's some things you've got to let go in your life. There's some things you've got to deal with. And he sent me home with a list of things that I had to deal with and get out of my life and, and get fired up. He said, you're a man of God and you've got destiny stamped all over you. Do you believe it? Because there's a powerful move of God about to happen in our nation. Don't think that everything's going down. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. But God's looking for some Daniels, some Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who refuse to bow down, who say, I just want to go with what God has destined in my life, and I will continue to remain in the truth, and the Word of God will be the foundation upon which I stand for my marriage, for my life, for my dreams, for my business, for everything in my world. And unless we allow that, so he stirred me up. I think it was the third week we sat down. By now I'm not wearing shades anymore. And uh, he said to me, next week bring your timesheet. And I'm like, what do you want that for? And he said, I want to see how much you're getting paid every week. Now, we wouldn't dare today. We're so soft and mellow and weak. We wouldn't dare ask that of anybody. Somebody asked me the other day, actually. And, uh, and, and anyway, and then he said, I want you to bring it next week because I want to work out what you should be giving to God as your tithe your holy tithe, he said. And I was like, what are you talking about? I've already taken a day off work to go to church on Sunday. I said, we're running broke now. We can hardly afford our bills. And then he said, no, bring your, bring your timesheet along, I want to tell you. And I brought it along next week, and I was freaking out, and I was pretty mad about it too. And I sat down, and uh, I remember him saying, well, this is what you should give to the Lord every week. Really appreciate the guy, man, today. I was mad at him then, but I appreciate him today. Julia and I started that week, we started tithing. And I'll tell you what, we started tithing the guy. And I'll tell you what, everything in our life went step by step by step by step into the victory God has already planned for our lives. And you cannot deny the word of God. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10 says, in honor of Mrs. Vitali. The way us Yugoslavians say it, Malachi. You guys call it Malachi. That's just boring. Malachi 3.10 says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse and see what God will do. He will not open the windows of heaven so great that you cannot contain it in your life any longer. No wonder the church is weak in New Zealand these days. I reckon nobody's been taught these principles that unlock the victory of God into your world and send us into a realm that we've never lived in before. The church of the living God. God is the best place you will ever be. It's where you can operate in the gifts of God. It's where you can bring hope and peace to everybody. And it's where you can create the miracles of God right across the world in Jesus' name. Are you with me? My final thought today, because I saw somebody yawning. Don't take God for granted. Don't take God for granted. He is an amazing and awesome God. 
right now, even as you're sitting there, I know you feel comfortable and I know the air conditioning is just right for you. And as the musicians come today, I'd like to remind you that we are hurtling through space right now at 63,000 miles an hour. Whilst turning at 1,000 miles an hour that way, we're going this way at 63,000 miles an hour. And here's the fantastic thing about it. We ain't hit anything yet. (laughs) But we take it for granted. God's biggest miracles, we complain about something that happened yesterday, but His biggest miracles are happening all around us and we take it for granted. And then we come and you've got to get stirred up to worship Him, stirred up to praise Him. Man, there's people, thousands of them out in this world here today. And, and it's like God is revealing himself every day to every man on earth. Just every new sunrise. Have you ever taken the time out just to go sit on the beach and say, God, I'm just going to watch a sunrise this morning because I want to see your glory and your beauty. Because when you saved me, you delivered me from my lostness, from my blindness, and from my shackles. And I just want to watch the sun come up because it reminds me of the amazing creative God that I serve. And man, let me tell you, there's nothing like it. And God's even excited about it. And I don't know what happens in heaven, but somehow they say to him, do it again tomorrow. Do it again tomorrow. I know I hang out with my grandkids sometimes. And if something excites them, they're like, could you do it again, Donnie? Can you do it again? And I reckon that must happen in heaven. They must just say, do it again. That's cool, the sunrise. Do it again. And for thousands and thousands of years, God reveals himself in the beauty of creation. And we live like this just, honestly, we live like who cares, but let's glorify. When I get into church, I want to worship this God of creation. I want to give him total esteem because I know that I will spend eternity with him. If we just live for the now, and I think we have a, most churches have a, a theology that's about sort of, I'm sure, even we verge on it, theology that's about 80 years long. Then it's all over. So let's just get some peace on you and get some victory on you for then and get you healed for now maybe. But let's have a theology that has an eternal perspective to it and causes people to be shaped up for millions and millions of years down the track. Friend, let's get that kind of theology, the kind of theology that got Naomi saved in our street and now she's pastoring and leading people in the kingdom and a theology that doesn't live to ourselves any longer but lives a bigger picture so we can reflect the lives of others in Jesus' name. Yeah, but our time's up. Like I said, I'm going to close with this today. I believe it's time to reposition ourselves. I want to reposition myself consistently so I'm in line with the Word of God. I find that it has to be a daily thing. I find that if I'm not reading this every day, then I find I get out of line with the perspective of God's positioning in my life. I read stories about a guy by the name of Zacchaeus who climbed a tree to get in the view of Christ. So he repositioned himself. I read another story about a a, a woman Uh, an incredible woman who for 12 years had an incredible uh, infirmity, a disease in her that caused her to bleed every day of her life for 12 years. She went to the doctors. She spent every cent she had on the medical system because the medical system, hey, there's things in life you need your pastor, you need your church for, you need someone with an anointing of the Holy Ghost who can unlock the demon that's got you trapped up in infirmity and set you free. And she repositioned herself. 
She heard a word like today and she thought, stuff it. I'm not going to believe the doctors any longer that have said it's in my genes. It's a hereditary thing. You just can't do anything about it, but give us your money. And she thought, no, I'm not going to believe it any longer. I'm going to position myself differently. And she had to press through. And she had to press through a mindset that said she was unworthy, a mindset that says she's unclean, a mindset that says you don't deserve anything. But God says, I love you and I'm waiting for you to reach out and touch me. And the minute you touch me, I'll break the shackles off your life and set you free. It was an incredible moment in history when she pressed through that crowd and she just touched the hem. And I want to tell you, we represent the hem today. If Jesus is the head of the church, we are the hem. That's what we are. That's why we're all across the earth. That's why today it's not about a building. It's about everywhere we go because people will touch you. Somebody touched me this week. They said, I just touched you and something came off me. I felt free. after Because we carry the anointing of the Holy Spirit. But we've got to reposition ourselves. See, a whole generation missed it. Israel missed it. God took them out. He was amazing to them. Miracles like you've never seen, but they started criticizing and complaining and bickering. That's how we do it. Because we start thinking, it's about me, because it comes down to me. We get all selfish. It's all about me, me, me. God wants to unlock us from the me and get us onto others in Jesus' name. As I used to say, get off yourself and get on somebody else which is a horrible way of putting it, but I'll tell you what, let go of yourself for a while and start thinking bigger. Reposition yourself. Get up a tree like Zacchaeus maybe this morning and try and work out where Jesus will be tomorrow instead of where others are trying to deal with their problems with them right now. God, I want to be where you're going to be in the future. I don't want to be hanging around in the back. I want to be right where you'll be tomorrow. I want to be in your tomorrow. I want to kind of live in that realm where I'm so expectant, God, that it could happen in my life tomorrow. Steve, get ready for that in your life where Jesus is repositioning you even right now, I believe. And I can see it on your life just as I'm preaching today that God going to reposition you and you're going to see where it happens in the future. You're going to have a futuristic, eternal perspective like you've never had. Others in this building, get ready for that to happen in your life right now. And I want to close right now because my time is seriously up, but I want to pray for you before we finish. Because I believe there are people here right now that need to reposition themselves. I felt it this week. It's been burning in my heart. God, I've repositioned myself this week. Ask Julia. Reposition myself. I thought, God, I need to get fired up like never before. We're living in dangerous times. We've got to get fired up. People are being deceived. I see marriages collapsing. I see relationships falling apart. And it breaks my heart every time. And I'm like, let's reposition myself so we bring a miracle of the Word of God that unlocks people from where they are and sets them free in the joy, hope, and victory of the cross that Jesus didn't die so we could be comatosed in church, dead as doornail. He died so we could live a victorious life that would bring transformation. And that's why that word's out there that says, transforming lives together. We are the church. And that's why we're all in in faith today. Bow your heads. Father, I want to thank you for every person here. I thank you right now, God, for the incredible spirit of faith that's in this place. I thank you right now that you've come to believe and bring miracles today. And in Jesus' name, right across this place, God, I sense there's a call of God on people here today. I sense there's a victory about to break through in people's lives today. And I'm going to ask you right now, friend, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you're in that place right now and you've kind of let it go... 
and you haven't connected with the God who loves you, who causes the sun to rise every morning, who causes life and gives you the air that you breathe every day. If you haven't connected with him, why don't you real quick just say, Don, I need to connect with this loving God who created me. And if that's you right now, just lift your hand real quick and I'm going to include you in a prayer and we'll pray and believe God. Don, I need to get born again. Don, I need to reconnect. I need to get right with God. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Anybody else? Anybody else right there? And I feel there are others right now that need to say, yeah, God bless you, honey. That's so awesome. Thank you. Anybody else? You'll put your hand down after you put it up, but is there anybody else? Yeah, God bless you. That's so awesome, honey. God bless you. God bless you. Somebody else, right? I'm just going to wait another moment because not because of the other night, but just because right now I want to give you the opportunity to respond to a loving God. Yeah, Julia just said to me, and it's an interesting point, because you can be there today, but things can push you. The fire hose gets on you, and next thing you find yourself backslidden, entering into the things of the world and just becoming pretty secular in your ways and forgetting God. And there's somebody here like that right now, and you just need to get reconnected with God. Who is that? Yeah, God bless you, man. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you for being honest. I just really appreciate it. Well, it's nothing to do with me, really. It's all God and you, God and you. Somebody else right now, just one more time before I close. Thank you. God bless you, honey. God bless you. That's awesome. Oh, boy, I feel the power of God in this place. I tell you, God loves it when we're connecting with him. That's why Paul said, that I may know him. That I may know. The greatest desire in my heart is to know him. And friend, if you don't know him, if you don't know his incredible love in that way, then maybe this is your day. Maybe there's one more person here right now. I'm just going to just ask if there's one more. And you'd say yes to Jesus today. Yeah, God bless you, mate. Amen. Why don't we all stand to our feet? As they play that beautiful music and there's an anointing all over this place. We're in church. Mm. Just want to say this, but I really believe our world today, and I know we've got so many different interpretations of, of leadership and authority and all that stuff, but the bottom line is, that I believe there's a huge responsibility on the men in this church. And I want to say that because God put a, a, an anointing and a mantle on us to lead into the spiritual things that really concern life. And I tell you what, the greatest thing that ever happened was when I stood up, got born again, and started leading my family into the presence of God. Greatest thing that ever happened in our lives. And I just want to speak to the men here for a second and say, hey guys, it's time to get a titanium rod down our back and stand strong in God and lead the way and give a great perspective of God's wants to love families. Tell you, God wants families. God's all about families. We are a family and God loves families. Let's reposition ourselves today to get the fire of God on us again, okay?
while we're standing, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to invite those. There were some people who lifted their hands this morning. I'm going to invite them to come down. Is that okay? Just going to invite you to come to the front. I want to pray with you. The fire of God will get on you right now. Why don't you come? Just You poked up your hand. Come on down. I want to believe God for you. Is that all right? I don't want to embarrass anybody. I'm just inviting you to come. In fact, there's a whole bunch of people that didn't put up your hand. I'm inviting you to come on down. You should have put up your hand. You should have said, hey, that's me. Hey, that's me. And I'm inviting you. And one more time, I'm going to throw out that kind of that net and say, why wouldn't you just come and say, here I am, God. Here I am. Man, I tell you, what about me? I remember the day somebody came up to me and said, there was like this. And I say this with all respect to this guy because I just love him. And, but the guy came up and said to me, Don, you don't have to come to the altar anymore. What an incredible word to hear. Like he said that to me, but even that didn't work. I still go to the altar. I still go to the altar because I need more of God in my life. And I realize that my shortage of God in my life can cause me to be weak when I get out of here. And I want more of him on the inside to keep the fire burning. And I honor and respect every person who's standing here. And I realize that some of you are making a recommitment and I, and I honor you for that. Boy. Boy. Look out what's going to happen, friend. I really believe. I tell you, if you don't think we're in for a revival, think again. Read your Bible. In the last days, it says, the house of the Lord will be lifted up like a mountain higher than any other mountain, and the people will flock to it. But they ain't going to flock to a comatosed, dead religious organization. They want something that's alive, that's got the answers for their broken lives. And we're going to be that, and people are about to flock into the kingdom because it's never been more desperate than it is right now. Never been more desperate. I honor you. Let's pray, shall we, right across this place. Father, I pray right now. I thank you for the Word of God. I thank you for the anointing. Thank you for the power of God that unlocks people into incredible freedom right now. And I thank you in Jesus' name that this is a brand new day. God said right at the beginning of the service, behold, I'll do a new thing. Even right now, it'll spring forth. This is it on this altar. I feel it right now. And God says, you're going to be transformed. You're going to be changed. You're going to be made new. God says, I'm going to inject my spirit into your spirit. And I'm going to get rid of some of the dry, old, crusty, religious thoughts. And God says, I'm going to ignite you with a fire and a flame that will burn in Jesus' name. So Lord, we believe for that. And I want you to pray this prayer with me. That's right, there's an anointing here. So pray this prayer with me right across this church. Let's pray it together. Then that gets you off the, off the hook who are still in your seat who need to pray it. But let's pray it together and say these words. Jesus, I thank you that you first loved me. And right now, I surrender my life to you. I invite you, come into my heart. Set me on fire with a passion for you. Destroy my past and reignite my future. In Jesus' name, I'm ready to rewrite my future now. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Come on, give him a huge hand clap. Father, let the anointing go. Father, let the power go. Let the anointing go. In Jesus' name, I set you on fire. On fire in Jesus' mighty name. On fire. On fire in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. While we're there, I'm going to throw the net a little bit wider. and I know we need to close, but I'm going to do this this morning because I believe there's a bunch of people that need to reposition themselves. Okay? We need to reposition ourselves back to the Word of God. 
we need to reposition ourselves back into the purposes and the call of God on our lives. And we need to reposition ourselves that God, here I am, I make myself available to you. Come on, I'm going to open it up right now. Why don't you come? I I believe this is going to be a huge altar call because I'm inviting the whole church. Reposition ourselves. Reposition ourselves. Let's get ready. Let's climb that tree like Zacchaeus did. Let's get right in 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 the perspective of God. Let's get right in the purposes of God. Let's throw ourselves on the altar and say, God, I know my world is going crazy, but I want to be right in the dead center of your will today. God, there's stuff that's going on in my life that I don't understand. I can't work it out. God, the stuff that's happened in my family, what is it? God, I just want our family to know your love. And right now, God, I'm putting myself, I'm going to be there too today. But we're going to the altar and we're going to say, God, pour out your spirit on us today. Pour out your spirit on us. God, let it happen again. Do it again, God. Do it again. Do it again. I prophesied over your life. Do it again. Boy, I'll tell you right now, even as I walk past you, God just said, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again in your life. I'm going to do it again in your spirit. Stuff, because God said you were there. And oh boy, there it goes right now. Yeah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Man, God, do it again. God, do it one more time. God, please give us another shot at it. Please give us another. God, I want our, our, our generation to have revival. God, do it again. I'm standing here. Here he is. Look at this man, Jordan. Seen the power of God on you so many times. Messed around fooled around with the call of God on your life but God says I'm going to arrest you I'm going to arrest your attention I'm going to grab a hold of you look I tell you what it was Jeremiah and the Bible says God picked him up by the hair lucky you haven't got much hair so it'd be hard to pick you up but God says he took him by the hair lifted him up and he took him to a valley and he dropped him in the middle of that valley of broken dry desperate lives and I want to tell you right now God says there's thousands out there that are broken and desperate and God says you've got hooked up in it but God says I want to lift you out and I want to put you down in a new spirit in a spirit that would bring transformation and bring life and I've called you for such a time as this says the Lord and I've anointed you for such a time as this and I've put it on your family and on your home and in Jesus name I declare it over your life right now in the name of Jesus come on guys let's just let's just in some way in some way as we stand here and I believe for you all and I love you all but let's just say right now in these words Jesus I surrender I give you my life use me as a weapon in your hand to bring victory healing and hope to my generation. Right now I reposition my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We pray that you would activate something in your life and shift your life towards Jesus. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, just click follow. We love you. Have a blessed week.